The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. And with a collapse of the former superpower, several powerful factions now vie for control. The threat is real. An evil organization calling itself Scar. Only as Scar. Their goal: nothing short of total world domination, led by this man, known only as Iron Claw. We will be victorious. Not on my watch. Hey, everybody, and welcome back your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show this time talking about G.I. Joe Extreme. Y'all, we have three episodes of Extreme to go and then we will have done them all and then it's on to other fun. Whew. Well, it's G.I. Joe fun. Yeah. I'm, but sad, this is to, knowing- I'm sad to see it go. Well, I am too, but we'll get into that because this is Knowing is Half the Podcast and I am Race to Canis. I'm Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gina Ippolito. Chan already is over it. He sounds like he's over it. <laughs> I mean, look, this episode wasn't the greatest. It did feel like it felt again to me like a filler episode. Yeah. Yes. And and I I realized that they they maybe didn't know that this was that they were coming up on their last episodes. But it just feels like when you've got four left, they should really be hitting them out of the park. I, I still give it more credit than Decaro, who knew they had two left exactly and turned them into clips shows. <laughs> That w- that was clearly a budget thing. This was like sure. they took the time to write an episode that they could have literally slotted in anywhere. Sure. I mean, it, you are 100% correct. This is a, 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 what do you call it, self-contained one-shot episode that could have gone literally anywhere in the entirety of the series. Um, and they're just pushing it out here. Yeah, I, I will say, and and as we get into the episode, there would have been something that they could have done that would have blown the whole extreme universe wide open. That oh, wow. if they had done it, <laughs> I mean, this would this would be a hell of a way to go out. Is all I'm, I'm going to say. I'm I'll interested. Get, to hear I'll get what that to is. it. I'll get yeah, to I, it. I, I, I'm, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm excited to hear more. Um, this episode is called Fear at Fifty Fathoms, so y'all know we're going underwater for this one. Yeah, like I, I you know much like it's is the question. We're, uh, 50 fathoms. Um, we're, I believe we're coming up on coming up on October. I was excited to see uh, uh maybe a spooky episode. Yes, there was a legitimately scary moment in this episode and I I liked it. Yeah. I mean I I, I would have lo- I would have loved for them to lean into it a little bit more like sure. like if you're going to call it something like fear at 50 fathoms which sort of smacks of old like b and c horror movies black and white horror movies yeah, absolutely like lean into that man they yeah. well, well we, we start off it's the ocean i know this because it's a lot of water and Her love is like a ship on the ocean queen they now let us know right away in the same dream oh, <laughs> and a heart that's billy ocean that's Billy true. Ocean. No this more episode love is on the run. 
We're here in the Bermuda Triangle is what I'm trying to say, which back in the 80s and 90s was a thing. It's not really a thing anymore. You don't ever see anything about the Bermuda Triangle anymore. Does did we do we just have high tech satellite imagery that makes it not scary anymore? Yeah, I I think they I think they figured out what it was. But but I that's my my very first note is people in the 80s and 90s were obsessed with the Bermuda Triangle. I actually think even before then, I I think like, you know, there were a lot of Twilight Zone-esque shows that were just like Hey, this thing is sometimes things go missing. Isn't this where Amelia Earhart disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle? And we don't know why. Wait, I really thought that was true. Is that not true? No. No. You guys, it's got to be totally true. She disappeared over the Pacific. Yeah. Where the Bermuda Triangle is. The reason why the Bermuda Triangle isn't a thing anymore is because basically they ran the numbers and realized that if you take any geographical shape, of approximately the size of the Bermuda Triangle, like put it anywhere, you'll get about the same number of uh, disappearing ships just because the ocean's fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. they fi- they figured it out. I, you know what? I've been there's a sh- there's a channel on my smart TV that plays just unsolved mysteries nonstop, and I love it. And it's like I found myself getting caught up in an episode that was specifically about Anastasia. And I got to say, like, things are cooler. Things were cooler before you could, like, easily figure them out. Like, because the whole that whole episode made a really good case that, like, look, this woman, like, like, is the long lost princess Anastasia. And she, like, just cropped up again. And then at the (laughs) very end of the episode, after they laid out all this stuff where I was like, and I knew the story. And I was like, oh, crap. Oh, yeah, she's Anastasia. The old lady is Anastasia. And then at the very end, there's, like, a little, like, blurb that says, like, several years later, DNA test was performed on the bones. And and Anastasia's body was among those, like, found. And this (laughs) was not her. And I was like, oh, nuts. Sometimes things are cooler. Like it would be cool if we still thought the Bermuda Triangle was just sucking up ships for some reason. So I've got a little blurb here. Uh, Bermuda Triangle was most active, if you will, between the 1940s through the 1960s. Uh, Flight 19 made up of a fleet of five Navy torpedo bombers training over the Atlantic in December 45 disappeared halfway through their training exercise more than 100 miles off the coast of Florida. A search and rescue plane sent to look for them also disappeared. And a slew of planes disappeared in the area known as the Bermuda Triangle between the years of 1945 and 1970, including one plane with 32 people on board that they never found. Spooky. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's cool. Like if I was a sci fi writer around those around those years, and I think that's why it endured into the 70s and 80s, because this was, you know, at a time when not every piece of information was known by everyone at the, at the touch of a finger, you had to buy encyclopedias from door to door <laughs> salesmen to get that kind of info. So like in the eighties, you were, st- you could still, people were still like, Hey, what's the deal with the Bermuda triangle? I don't know. Should we write a spooky episode of TV about it? Hell yeah, we should. Hell yeah, we should. I mean, I really appreciate that we now have everything at the touch of our fingers because I no longer have to pay uh, like a uh, weird private eye to get pictures of Gina's feet. I can just go to wikifeet.com and there's you gonna... hundreds of them. There's we did been an talk. Update. A... There's, there's been, been a wikifeet update. update. Yes, there has. <laughs> Guys, Gina got a Google alert to let her know <laughs> that there's been a wikifeet update. For those of you at home, 
who've been following this saga. <laughs> Apparently, it's different now if you go to the page, and I know you've been there. Yeah, there's an intro that involves uh, the, the the whoever wrote it talking about how my beautiful small feet have gotten me out of many a tough situation. Many a tough situation. You've had to run from a lot of <laughs> violence. Uh, apparently. A lot of... <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> when the terrorists come, Gina's delicate feet whisk her away. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you, you name a tough situation, my feet will get me out of them. Feet detective coming this fall to CBS. To be fair, that's what you should be pitching right now. You <laughs> that's know, true. You know that's someone's true. buying that. I can, I can convince them that it's based off of IP, the IP being my feed on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we would call your TV's Tina Polito. Oh, Thank yep. You. This is Thank why you. this is why Chan Chan names the, my pilots that I write. That's correct. <laughs> Uh, she has been previously known as TV's Gina Ippolito. She is now Wiki Feats Gina Ippolito. <laughs> this moment going forward. So get get used to the change. Change is hard, but I think you guys will manage. <laughs> I think you guys will manage. You know what? Anyway. My, you know what my feet could not get? What tough situation my feet could not get me out of, though, is getting lost in the Bermuda Triangle. Thank wow. you, because that was a second and a half. <laughs> that was I mean, here's the deal. I'm for it. Uh, I'm the one always trying to get the show back on the rails again. And when Gina helps, it makes it a lot easier. Let me just start there. Uh, so uh, we have success. Uh, there's lightning smoke that comes out of the ground. Look, I'm no scientist uh, or meteorologist, but when smoke with lightning in it just starts pouring out of the water, I know something's up. Uh, at which point all of these uh, planes, I believe there are six of them maybe, uh, th they had just finished a mission. Well, all of a sudden the pilots seem hypnotized. They go down, the planes get captured, and nobody knows why. Dun, dun, dun. So we got to get G.I. Joe here, obviously. Like, this is a perfect setup for a G.I. Joe episode. Wait, now, you guys got to help me out here because uh, it's, it's Lieutenant Stone, and he has to put together a, a, a strike team of only three other Joes. So he gets Harpoon. Okay, makes sense. You know, he's a nautical guy. Yeah. He gets Mayday, who's, you know, her legs healed again. That's good. And she's a pilot. So, okay. Yep. Okay, cool. And did I hear his name right? His name is Red McNaughts. Uh, I, I could would not hear it. I would assume that it is McNaught, like M-C-N-A-U-G-H-T. Yeah, okay. But he's a very Scottish man. I don't remember him previously. I think maybe he was one yes. of the guys on the R&D base. Yeah, he's I the guy. Think. He is oh. the guy. He's shown up many times. Okay. Oh, I thought that they were introducing a totally new character, and I was grumpy about that because oh, you don't introduce a totally new character with like three episodes left. No. What is this, the movie Highlander, where we're introducing important characters at the beginning of Act 3? What is what's uh, happening right now? His name is Red McNox, M-C-K-N-O-X. Oh, okay. I got it pretty close, though. I'll give myself credit. Very Scottish. I knew we'd seen him before, but I was just like, what a weird choice for this team. A guy we never use. Yeah, it, it is. It is strange. Again, especially like because they could be using old favorites whose names uh, I haven't learned in <laughs> the two seasons we've been watching this. Yeah, it made sense because I feel like he was introduced, I think, maybe at the beginning of season two, and yes. it's sort of like oh. sprinkled throughout it, and it felt kind of like, oh yeah, we should just like up this guy to like, uh, um, you know, like uh, being part of the away team, 
since you know we've already oh. established that he's like a cool dude who does cool things. Well, I like yeah. him. I would have replaced one of the original guys with him because I think he's cuter than than oh. some of the other ones that they have. Is it wow. the beard? Is it the beard? I think it's like just like you don't see many many redheads. You don't see too many jacked redheads. You just think that the snow job. Yeah, you confusing I, him. I want my Gina, new snow job. Gina, Replace- I'm right here. What are you talking about? <laughs> jacked redheads. That's my Look, market. To, 15 call, to years call ago. yourself a redhead, you have to actually have hair first of all. Number Here's two, it's jacked redhead, not jacked up redhead. Look, <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Um, my point is, I used to have a brand. But that is gone now. <laughs> I've noticed, by the way, that every picture of you that cro- that pops up on Twitter yeah. promoting something is you like 45 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like you look like a completely different human being. Gene, I, I mean, look, obviously you're going down the uh, the rabbit hole that is my Facebook photos page. No, <laughs> it's, it's like literally like whoever has been using your photo to promote stuff. I, I can only assume it's like. Oh who would win or 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 some some maybe you went on another podcast recently but they've been using a photo of you that looks like you're like 20 years old can i tell you there are two photos that people pull off the internet of me to do promotional stuff one was my wrestling glamour picture professionally taken it's a wonderful picture of me and that is over 10 years old and the other one is a picture of me from a gaming convention that they took to put on my badge when I won a tournament. And that is at least 15 years old. Yeah, I mean, look, Regina, here's the thing. This is absolutely correct. Here's the thing. If you look at pictures of me from 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago, I still look pretty much the same. This is a fact. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It's but a little like, terrifying, honestly. But you look like a completely different human being. You look like a, a, a president who has served 16 consecutive terms. <laughs> L-A-L-A-G, I guess. <laughs> I've lived a lot of lives, Gina, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's all true. I started trying to take more recent selfies of me to use for promotional purposes, and I don't think they look better. So I'm going to keep using the 15 year old pictures like a sad 45 year old in Hollywood. Oh, shit. Oh, God damn it. So this episode of G.I. Joe, they have a code blue. That's what they call it when planes go down in the Bermuda Triangle. And the immediate first question that, that I think it's Harpoon asks is, was it aliens? Which immediately it's like, come on, G.I. Joe. You, now you got to give me aliens or I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, that's the thing is like, I don't know. For for whatever reason, like they are obsessed or at least this one dude is obsessed with aliens in this whole yes. episode. Like anytime anything happens, like someone farts and he's like, aliens? Like yes. literally the drop the drop of a hat this dude jumps to aliens. Well, and so like, obviously I knew it wasn't going to be aliens because you can't have a character say aliens 10 times and then have the big reveal be that it's aliens. That's that's not the funniest thing about this scene though. It's the response that comes from that line. Got to be aliens. I never said that. Officially, aliens do not exist. <laughs> <laughs> officially, wow. ali- you don't drop in the word officially, officially. in a sense like that. <laughs> he said officially. I didn't yeah, <laughs> that that does feel like. Uh, here's the thing: during the pandemic, there was there was so much news happening 
And I was watching as like, you know, at, at least like some of the news was basically the military being like, oh, by the way, we don't know what those UFOs were. So now they're it's possible they were aliens. All right. Bye. And like they made a little bit of a splash in the in the social media world of Twitter, but mostly yeah. because people were like, hey, why isn't this a bigger deal? Oh, right. Because like Donald Trump is insane it's and people are dying from COVID and there's yeah. just too much happening. It's hard to get excited about aliens when the literal end of the world is happening around you. Yeah. At some point it became like all people could think about was like aliens, like, you know, in, in again, like twilight zone times. And then again, X files, but then like everything crazy, like, you know, climate change and everything crazy started happening that people were like, you know what? I don't, I can't, my brain can't care about the fact that the military is admitting that they're fucking aliens every Tuesday night at their, <laughs> their book club meetings. Uh, but yeah, this, this very much had sort of, had sort of the flavor of those, like when I was reading the articles, it was like, oh, we asked them for comment and they were like, well, we can't really rule out the possibility of aliens, but we're not. <laughs> confirming that it's aliens like this i'm not guy trying to say it's clearly. aliens yeah but it's totally alien yeah this guy is very clearly like officially um, in case anyone's listening yeah i'll be honest that wasn't the funniest part of this scene to me because i didn't even pick up on that the funniest line for me was we're about to show you images of the planes going down shot from our satellites in space they proceed then to show them low angle shots from underneath the airplane Five views yeah yeah I, and I just sat there and I went, wait, 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 wait. That's not, that's no, unless this is a reflection off the water. Well, no, here's the thing. Like you're assuming that the satellites above them, if the satellite, because the atmosphere obviously is encircling the earth. So theoretically, if you didn't look straight down, but you looked off to the side, you'd be able to see the curvature of the earth and you'd be able to see things that are above the earth. For example, an airplane. I don't think that's how anything works at all, I but I will defer. I will defer to your uh, science knowledge uh, as being greater than my own. I mean, the science knowledge of what a ball looks like—that's that's what I—that's the experience I that I it. demonstrated. Yeah, that's, that's that's difficult. I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of things in this episode, uh, science-wise, that I question. And again, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna end this episode with the fix for of all fixes for the entire gi joe universe yeah wow that's if we just we just kicked it up a notch you better deliver i will feats gina polito i will okay if i don't my beautiful small feet will get me out of this jam i mean you can't you can't get her that's guys (laughs) you've seen just can't Uh, can't nail her down one weird uh, another weird thing that crops up a couple times in this episode uh when uh I forget what what's dude's name. We we should know sunglasses guy. He, he's Clancy. Clancy. When he shows up, he's like, gentlemen, I got a mission for you. And there's only four fucking people in the room. One of them's a woman. Why don't you just say fucking soldiers or whatever? Why do you have to say gentlemen? Because oh. uh, in the very next scene, fucking stones all like, all right, men, time to get in your scuba gear. I'm like, fucking there's one out of four of you is not a men. What the fuck? But this is something that, like, it happens in a lot of shows. Uh, you know, like even even like recent shows, like on Agents of Shield, May is called Sir by by her underlings that she's training, or in you know Battlestar Galactica. I think it's just a at least then it was just considered 
a catch-all. I will buy, sir. I will not buy men and gentlemen. Nobody. Yeah, you can say you can say guys, and I know that's not really a thing people want to do anymore. But right. I've always considered guys to be gender neutral. I'll and accept, I'm, I'll accept you know. guys from a '90s cartoon. I, I'm going to be honest. I w- I would not care if I was the one. If I was the one chick, I wouldn't care if someone came out and was like, "All right, men, suit up." Gentleman Gina Ippolito. Yeah, I don't care. Gentleman has like, I, like it sounds like I keep a dagger Jen. in my suit. I'm into Jen. it. Jen, she's trying to sell scripts in Hollywood. She'll take gentlemen all day long. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? So they go to the Bermuda Triangle and they got their Scooby. I love the fact they just come. They're just flying there. And then halfway through the flight, they're like, all right, guys, let's put on our Scooby gear. Like, shouldn't you have just had it on while you were there? It is like that is hard to get on too. Yeah, and it's it's a cramped airplane, and there's obviously you know mixed genders didn't on the just, airplane. Didn't they also just do this in something else? Oh, it was with the skiing episode where they were like, "All right, let's get into our oh, skis." Yeah. And I was like, yeah, "Aren't they right. aiming for quickness here? Because it takes a long time to put on skis." But yeah, also, exactly, you don't want to wear skis for fucking three hours just sitting in the back. It'd be super uncomfortable. But the whole point of those skis was that they're they're like fast and easy. Uh, mm-hmm. So they could have put it on 10 minutes before they had to go. But instead, they were like, go, put on your skis, go. Yeah, uh, 100%. Look, putting on snow or ski boots and skis takes, a, you know, 30 seconds. Putting on a scuba suit, a bit longer. When yeah. was the last time you put on skis and ski boots, sir? It's been one week since you looked at me. Uh-uh. I'm going to guess oh. it's not since before those headshot photos that you've been pretending. Are the you. last time I put on skis and ski boots was before the 15-year-old headshot photo of me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would say it's been at least 20 years. But I do remember it doesn't take that long. You just snap them on. Mm. Has ski boot technology improved this millennium? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Because honestly, I don't think I've worn ski boots this millennium. So that's where we're at with that. I don't uh, ski. Please, it's the Willennium. Oh, shoot. Excuse me. The Willennium. Thank you. Have yeah, some respect. Bad. And no, I, I'll i slap myself later. Um, <laughs> In front of a, the Grammy audience, I trust. Yeah. And then I'll say, don't you take my own name out of my own mouth. Mm-hmm. And then whap. Whap. And then I'm going to suspend myself for 10 years from the Oscars. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Don't even <laughs> invite me, Oscars. I'm not coming for 10 years. <laughs> anyway, uh, they go underwater. Great. We're underwater. They go into a cave. Great. We now find out that they need to go five miles down to get to 50 fathoms. And I don't know how anything works. That seems like a very, very long, hard way to go. And it's Just- terrifying. Just for reference, because I looked it up, because when they said they're going to five miles down, I'm like, okay, I just need to double check how deep is the fucking ocean. In fact, in the Pacific Ocean, its deepest point is 6.488 miles. Is that right? If they were to say five miles down, that is completely acceptable. Obviously, they're not going down uh, without like a fucking diving bell. They're not just going to put in Scooby Gear and like, let's go five miles down. Yeah. Also, that that pressure at that point would would yes, burst would their little tiny ridiculous. eyeballs. However, fifty fathoms is ninety one meters, so we're not talking a complete football field down. Oh, that yeah. is something that I think is is uh, possible. So fifty fathoms is five miles down. I'm pretty sure, however, as uh, we come to later on. 
50 fathoms is enough to give you the bends. So maybe you shouldn't just shoot right back up after you've been battling uh, sea critters. Look, oh, yeah. We, they're going to be all in, learned, They're going to be in trouble later. We all learned about the bends from that one episode of original G.I. Joe. where oh. They came up too fast and got the bends. And literally, it's the only media I've ever seen before equal to or since then that has let us know the bends are a thing no, usually people just no. shoot up through the water and it's no problem there's whatsoever. a great episode of house where that turns out to be the that turns out to Is be the right? thing oh see there you go but the bends the fact that it appeared in an 80s cartoon and i immediately for the rest of my life thankfully they were correct in their science because it would have been correct in my mind ir, ir, not changeable you know uh, irreplaceable by other evidence because it was in there. Good job, Buzz and the rest of the team <laughs> giving me science knowledge against my will. I will point yeah, out. they were trying to teach little kids not to uh, not to come up too quickly when they were scuba diving. <laughs> That's correct. Now, they go down this gigantic circular cave five miles down and they first off run into a gigantic eel and the one guy's like, holy shit, it's an alien. And the yeah, other guy's like, it's... Yeah, it's yeah. That it's, was great. A, it's an eel. It's it's honestly not a big. It's it's of course terrifying, uh, especially at this depth. But if yeah. you just leave it alone and don't freak out, you will be fine. Yeah, well, those big underwater eels are 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 scary. Uh, and and I thought that this was this was going to lead to more spooky things to come. <laughs> I really liked this because I think it's a good character thing. Um, <laughs> he's not really used to this. Uh, and like an eel, yeah, eels look scary. I 100% buy that. The only problem I have is that um, if he's not really skilled at diving, maybe you shouldn't go down 90 fucking meters when you get the bends at 10. Like, yeah, what, wait, what was his, what was his, why is he on this mission? What's he do? He's the snacks guy? He's the, well, I mean, obviously he's the guy that brings cookies and Rice Krispie <laughs> treats to any party. Um, he mean, would I, be the tech expert on the GI Joe team. He would be the he's their R and D guy. He invents weapons. Yeah, he's he. If they encounter a piece of technology or something, he would be the correct guy in order to decipher what it is and how to use it. That's okay, so they've got deal. the pilot, the tech guy, the scuba guy, and then your catch-all leader. Yeah, and then the leader. Okay, yeah, I. I it's just, a reasonable team. Okay, it's funny that they made the tech guy the the alien. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the molder of this episode. So I brought some Cheetos. Aliens? No, Cheetos. <laughs> Aliens. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I brought some Cheetos and some ginger ale and some gummy bears. Okay, I'm gonna say right now. Put this. Put that. Put that bit in your character book because <laughs> you could pull that anytime you need to, and you have an immediately awesome character trait. <laughs> Just for the record, I don't know where it could be used. You need it. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> Um, so a uh, good horror movement mo moment here, right? This is kind of legitimately. I found this a little unnerving the way they shot it, the way they moved it, because you see the eel, everything's fine. We go down a little bit more and then all of a sudden green merman arms, but you don't see anything but the arms and hands, right? Come yeah. from the bottom of the screen, start grabbing red and pulling him down as he's like screaming and the other people like aren't quick to react to him. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. This is as a fan of like the original creature from the Black Lagoon. This is this is cool. I dig this. They sort of made this creature look pretty cool. 
Yeah. Uh, and this would absolutely make me shit my pants if I was in the water. Yes. Like, I, it, I'd be it, done. it would be terrifying. Over. I mean, you're, he's probably still a little spook from the eel. Yeah. But then this dude got, but like, I, why he is immediately like aliens and not like, oh, yeah, creature from the Black Lagoon. Does that movie not exist in the G.I. Joe universe? To be fair. I want to say XCOM 2 had come out at that point <laughs> where XCOM 1 is you, you're on, aliens from outer space. XCOM 2, the aliens from come the from the ocean. Yeah, mm-hmm. Terror of the mm-hmm. Deep. And so I want to say he just played that. And to be fair, if you're five miles under the surface and you're already worried about aliens and arms of monsters start grabbing you and pulling you down further... You're going to poop yourself immediately. I would. I almost pooped myself watching it. Yeah. I mean, I would just assume it was like a dude on Hollywood Boulevard that was kind of drunk and trying to grab my boob. Five miles under the surface of the ocean. Yeah. Those bitches are sneaky. <laughs> I feel like, you know what? I, w- I would counter that, but that's not my experience. That is not my lived experience. I will give this one to you, Gina. I suspect that that is actually how your life is. To be like, fair, when they when they did that, I would scream aliens and, and yeah, then yeah. and then hurry into IO. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this all tracks once again. Um, yeah, uh, and who's to say these monsters are not aliens? I guess is my next point. Of anything we've seen on this version of GI Joe, this is the closest to aliens I've seen. Are we? I, I guess we should talk about this now. The thing about this episode that I love the most, because there's this big fight there, you know, like uh, um, uh, Red, like gets his uh, air tube cut and, you know, like, oh, yes. gonna, what are going to do? And then uh, uh, Harpoon like shares his air with them. Great. And then they shoot up to the surface because like there's not enough air left. Uh, and then again, yes, they would 100 percent get the bends, uh, but they do this entire fight and then they eventually go on to do the rest of the stuff. They don't ever return to this point that there are humanoid lizard creatures (laughs) that's grabbing them. And the fact that they don't ever bring it up again, it's not a fucking scar that's doing it. Those are genuine fucking aliens. Those are real fucking monsters. And I love that about this episode. Is that right? Yes. Because it is. It is the it is the uh, um, the uh, the double turn. We're like aliens, huh? <laughs> I guess uh, uh, there's, a- and like Gina was saying, like you, you obviously can't write it so that the uh, threat actually turns out to be aliens because they start out saying aliens, aliens, aliens. Uh, they eventually go on to Scooby Doo and find out the scar is involved, but uh-huh. they never bring up those fucking aliens again. Nobody wants to talk about it. Wait, so your your assumption is that it was aliens? What were those things? Because we get good looks at them, oh. and they're like lizard type people. With no, I'm pretty sure at some point, Claw, like the henchman with Claw, like he said, he says something to them that confirms that it was them. No, I didn't hear that at all. I yeah, like he, like at some point, he's like, get your, get your, like, di- like you know, like your diving equipment or something. But this is this is honestly one of my problems with this is that the. Like clearly we're supposed to believe that it's it's claw henchmen doing this. Yes. And but like 
they have no apparent breathing apparatuses on because yes. they're monsters. The the like the makeup work and the effects work are, are pristine. You're like beyond getting there, Gina. <laughs> Keep coming. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm saying that like clearly the writers intended for it to be henchmen. But you they spent half this fucking season saying, I don't understand how Iron Claw could have <laughs> taken off the mask and and c- confused Sergeant Stone like that. That technology didn't exist. Fucking actual aliens show up on the show and you're like, boy, that's a real good makeup job that they've <laughs> no, done. No, no, I'm saying that's one of my issues with this, with this as well, is that they keep making it seem like unless in the unless in the series finale it is revealed that Iron Claw is a theater school kid who like <laughs> really knows his makeup shit. Okay, hold and on. Really Real knows quick. a lot about quick changes. If there were ever an actual Iron Claw in real life. There is a ninety-eight percent chance that he was a theater major. He would absolutely be a theater kid. Yeah. You don't wear that cape and, and mask and not be a theater kid. I'm sorry. Please, that is a great point, Robert Clark. Chan, obviously these are monsters. They might be aliens, and I guarantee you, we're never talking about them ever again in yes. this show because and that's amazing. That's yeah. This feels like something that a writer put in there, and uh, you know, like somebody at the network is like, Wait, "What is that about?" It's like, no, that's just for us. They actually are aliens. We're uh, never bringing it up again. I just like to th- have that thought in my head. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. We're going to get to my my Gina fix at the end, and it's going to tie into all of this. Ooh. Okay. I like that. I, I'm a fan of all. I want to hear. I cannot wait to hear this. This is really. It, it could only disappoint me now. And that's yeah, what I'm excited about. Yeah, it's 100% going to. You shouldn't so, have read the reviews before you went. Yeah. Uh, so Lieutenant Stone's beaten ass on these monsters. And I've, have you ever tried to throw a punch underwater before? It's yeah. hard to get actual uh, momentum behind yeah, it. Yeah. It is down there hauling off on these monsters, wailing on them, sending them flying into rocks and such. And when he finally pulls out a knife, all the monsters be like, all right, whoa, whoa, hey. And having been in uh, violent encounters in the evenings uh, out and about in public, that is uh, monsters get it man as soon as somebody pulls the weapon you all just turn put your hands in the air and go oh hey everybody we're out of here i mean i I like the fact that monsters did that let's look at it from the aliens point of view sure they're hanging out in their front porch just like having a sea smoke or whatever it is they do a sea smoke yep i get it fucking out of nowhere humans show up like what the are you kidding me we're a football field down and you're going to just come clomping into my goddamn yard on my goddamn day off. No, no, I ain't having that. So they're going to go out. They're going to rough up these, you know, uh, um, foreigners or whatever. And then the, the foreigner gets all uppity and starts whipping out like a giant ass Bowie knife. Like, whoa, whoa. Okay, pal. So you're accusing, you're accusing the, the aliens of being, crotchety get off my lawn old men yes. oh, without question <laughs> why would do you, what's the problem here <laughs> yeah if i, were an alien, I, I am exactly... i am on i am on mr wilson's side as well <laughs> dennis the menace can get fucked <laughs> mr. Wilson. oh i thought you were talking about uh uh fucking uh home improvement oh how, yeah how come, <laughs> yeah, I have, I have how come every neighbor is named mr wilson no mm. 
I here's the deal, uh, Dennis the Menace, Mr. Yeah, Tim Allen. Every look, if you don't, if you don't have a Mr. Wilson, <laughs> I don't trust you. Let me start there. Yeah, yeah, I said it. Take that, nerds. Okay, uh, so I like this. Now you find out why they call me Harpoon. Now you find out why they call me Harpoon. Hmm. Why did they call him? Because he holds a harpoon. Have a harpoon. (laughs) That's not. That's not a tough one. (laughs) That's it. No, that's 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 the entirety of it. Like like that one. Little obvious. Uh. Yeah, I don't I don't know like like if I was there I would be like, "Wait, why did you think we thought they called you Harpoon?" Also, Honestly, Mayday, I just thought it was a name. You Mayday know, was probably like, "Hey, what the fuck, man?" <laughs> yeah, I crashed 22 planes. What of it? <laughs> Nerd. Um I did like that they got a rip a, an electric stingray. After all the fucking monsters did nothing, apparently, an electric stingway ray ripped Red McNox's uh, uh, outfit, his scuba gear. And so they made a tourniquet and then shared a breathing apparatus. And I was like, all right, yeah, that tracks. That works for me. Then they take their helmets off and they're five miles under the surface of the ocean. And I'm like, I don't know. Sure. They're tough. 91 meters, not not five miles. It feels like, I mean, we already established that 50 fathoms was five miles chance. So I don't know where you're, where you're going with that. that. Is not. Now they go back to the surface again and we, and they don't try that again, uh, but they go back to the surface and see a giant glowing egg coming out of the ocean. So of course the first thing they ask is aliens. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> You at get some that question point, a at lot. some point, someone should change their tune. Like at some point, it's like when you're playing Jeopardy, you know, with your whole family, and someone's keeping score, but you have to have the rule that like you you can't answer more than once. But there's always one person who's like <laughs> uh, Magna Carta, Declaration of Independence, ah. Uh, Emancipation Proclamation, and you're like, stop yelling things. But at some point, someone should be the person that's like, okay, now they're going to answer aliens. I'm going to just rattle off three other things because at, something has to be right. Yes. About Once what aliens this isn't right. Is. Yeah. Once aliens isn't right, then it has to be something else quickly off the top yeah, of your head. Yeah, underwater right? animatronics. That that would be my first that. guess. Underwater animatronics. Uh, well, you wait know. a minute. No, that wasn't his first guess, though. It wasn't? No. I mean, that <laughs> is right. such a shitty guess. <laughs> that is you know the shittiest guess. I'm glad, he, I'm glad he did what I was suggesting, though. Like, he was like, I've already guessed aliens. I want to be right. Uh, what's another, what's another water mystery I can pitch? <laughs> yeah, no, Harpoon is the one I think immediately afterwards is like, it's an alien mothership. Come to take us back. <laughs> yeah. And what? Also, that's a little suspicious too. Take yeah. us back. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this makes me think that this dude is 100% a, the government is putting chip chips in us. Chemtrails are controlling our brains. Because the fact that he says back, I like, I'm just like, oh, you're a weird, like, MAGA Republican who thinks everything is a conspiracy, but you're not, like, smart enough to understand things. <laughs> yep, this checks out. 
Yeah, no, look, I, I'm just listening at this point. Um, So Mayday <laughs> ends up flying around it, and she ends up going down uh, into the egg slash island because it turns out it's an, it's a, it's an iron claw scar base. But it's hypnotizing her somehow. Again, they don't really they don't get into the science how. of that. Yes. Hypnotizing yeah. power, crushing all the cowards, battery is yeah. here. But she, she's hypnotized, so she lands correctly in the egg against her will. And then Iron Claw shows up on the egg, and we find out all the other pilots have been kidnapped. They are in pods. And his goal, I don't hate this, his goal is to use these pilots who now have, granted, nobody would trust them after they've been kidnapped by Scar. They would not just let them fly planes. They would want to take them in for evaluation first. Granted that. But the idea is I have these uh, Manchurian candidate pilots who can fly and bomb allies creating the next world war starting not just one war oh mayday you think so small i'm gonna start all the wars and that was a little weird that was a little strange (laughs) but he captures mayday and and hypnotizes her anyway also i like i went through a whole journey on this plan i was very upset that this is what it all turned out to be but i'll get to that in the end uh (laughs) but like my first thought was your iron claw and you need to do this very elaborate plan just to kidnap pilots instead of just yeah training up your own henchmen to be pilots and then i remembered a, th- a twitter thread that i had read about how uh how there's a shortage of pilots right now because during the pandemic the airlines made older pilots they forced them to retire and because you need a certain number of hours training and then you need a certain number of hours being a co-pilot before you can actually be a pilot. There weren't enough young ones once things opened back up to take over. And since it takes years to train them, it's just like we're, we're basically fucked is what is what this this thread was explaining about the airline industry. There just aren't enough pilots now. And so I was like, I went through this whole journey of like, this is a dumb plan because he clearly has guys that work for him who he could just train to be pilots. And then I was thinking, well, he clearly wants the best pilots and it would take many years to train, like to train his entrance to be really good pilots. So now I'm back on board with kidnapping and brainwashing existing pilots. Perfect. Okay. So what you're suggesting is that uh, United Airlines has a floating bubble in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle right now, hoping to <laughs> get new pilots. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But also, okay. what's the end it's of a- this plan? Uh, world War. World Wars around the world. Yeah, multiple world wars. Uh, but but like world. how? So like he's he's having he's having the these pilots what? Like fly bombs to different places? Yeah, I missed, no, they, I actually, they show uh the like the videos that are being played to uh brainwash these pilots. And it's like a, um, like they're showing her like bombing New York and bombing the Eiffel Tower. So, so he just like, literally needs pilots to fly bombs to cities. Yes. And th- but and then what's the what's the he's gonna blame one city? Like he's gonna say like oh Russia did it or or what or like he's gonna say oh look Mayday from GI Joe bombed your country. That means it was sanctioned by GI Joe. That's correct. Yes. Okay, okay. All right. Seems pretty convoluted, but all right. I mean, they already built a fucking uh, a space bubble in the <laughs> middle of the Bermuda Triangle just for this plan. 
convolution is part and parcel of what these people do. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah if you got an engineering major, sure, they would just kidnap the people, put them in a cave and brainwash them. When you've got a theater major, bitch, you're going to have Atlantis in the <laughs> middle of the goddamn ocean first. Yeah, okay. This all tracks. I mean, I look... I have, you're acting like any G.I. Joe plan isn't <laughs> severely complicated. They're usually like easier to follow. This has just so many steps. This is a little <laughs> throwback, I feel like. I, I actually, I think this is less than most G.I. Joe plans. Because <laughs> usually, you know, the plan goes on. They develop this incredible piece of tech, like so many other shows. And then they, they the, the tech itself should be enough. And then they have a much lower stakes plan to take over the world after having done all the 90% of the hard work of creating the thing to do it with. This is the goddamn car wash from the globe trotters. This is the car wash from the globe trotters. That is, that is a hundred percent what I'm getting at here. Yeah. GI Joe will return after these messages. What's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Introducing the ultimate warrior. The G.I. Joe Super Trooper. There's only one way to get him. Send four Super Trooper certificates and a $1 handling charge. See details on specially marked packages for your Super Trooper, the ultimate warrior. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Um, okay, so they, the island submerges again. And the G.I. Joes uh, 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 get in there and they find the pods within like two seconds of getting on board the island, which is a little crazy to me. And there's no guards there. There's like nothing. They just show up and they're just in there. And I guess Scar doesn't think intruders will happen, but he's been dealing with G.I. Joe for too long to actually come up with that notion, I would think. Look, sometimes... You're playing Civ Six, and you've got to move your warriors off your, you know, uh, uh, one of those outlying cities, so you can attack somewhere else. And then some goddamn uh, little yeah. grunt like rolls in and takes your city, and it's not pleasant, but it happens. It's a real thing. That is a real thing that really happens. Uh, Chan, thank you. You are correct. I, uh, I, I had completely forgotten about Civ Six in this equation. Play more Civ um, Six. Thank you. Uh, they end up trying to pull the plug. No, you got to get them out in stages. You can't just turn off the machine because you could fry their brains. They might never wake up. And you know what? I, that that feels right to me. That feels legitimate. So yeah. I was happy with that. It's both a plot point and it's something that feels right. Yeah. Uh, guards then show up. Like they do eventually two guards do show up <laughs> and they say, hey, there's a bunch of G.I. Joe's in here. And instead of immediately like grabbing their walkie talkies or raising an alarm, they like, you know, get their asses kicked. They just get beat down and they get their outfits stolen from them. And I, I just loved this scene because two of the Joes harpoon. And I think red, is it red? I don't know. Harpoon and another person go into, uh, go to see iron claw. They just walk right up to him in the control room. <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, Hey, what's up my man? Iron claw. And Eric Claw turns like, what the fuck did you just say to me? 
Yeah, it's very much. And, and the thing is, like, this is this is every boss at like a big corporation where when yeah. two nameless guys walk up to him and they're like, "Hey, Ted," and he's like, I, "It's Mister Wilson to you," uh, because he's not going to recognize his minions. Yep, not a, even a little bit. Yes, but they wear masks. He's not expected to know. Uh, honestly, I was fooled uh, because when they came in. Uh, and there's like Iron Claw, such and such, and uh, or oh, what is it they say? Yeah, Iron Claw. How dare you address me with such familiarity? Sorry. Uh, yeah, they they just say Iron Claw, and uh, he calls him out, and I'm like, that's weird that these like two grunt soldiers are you know like talking to him that way. It's Wait, not normal. You got fooled by the disguise. Yeah, and then I, immediately, I, I, I was yeah, like, oh, I was also right, because fooled. it's the two Joes. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I was like also fooled just because it happened so fast that yeah. that and like you know, like it happened too fast for me to be like, oh, these are clearly the Joes. Uh, blah blah blah. There yeah. you go. And then they both attack Iron Claw, who kicks both their asses. I love the fact that Iron Claw basically wins every single fight he's involved with what a delightful i you know and again i think this is deke effect on me that with every one of the villains being such amazing pushovers that we literally had an episode that kindergarten children beat them in a fight <laughs> five-year-olds beat cobra Ooh, in a fight you're not going to get over that one are you i'm never going to get over that because it was so goddamn upsetting it's like what what have they done to my boy um they massacred my boy. Um, <laughs> so the fact that Iron Claw fights G.I. Joes and beats the shit out of them with regularity is fucking awesome. It's awesome. I just love it. So he takes on both of them and wins the fight effectively. A whole bunch of guards then show up. And uh, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that all the, the, the pod people in Mayday kind of rallied and they got their shit together to provide a counterattack to the counterattack, including uh, one of the Joes getting in a tank turret and like blasting everybody with the mind control rays on the, uh, the iron claw side. Like there was some cool stuff happening in this battle where they used the plot points from earlier to actually involve them in the battle. And I, I just loved this scene so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I admit that I admit that I wanted this whole thing to go a different way. So by the time it got to the end, I was a little bit grumpy but I did. I did like the uh, the not Duke and uh, Iron Duke. Claw fight, where you know where he's like, yeah, let's see who's who's a bigger badass, dude. We found out it's Iron Claw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I dig it. I dig it. I I like that he's I I like that he's strong and and capable. He's clearly been proven useless uh, uh ruthless i think it would be cool to see <clears throat> to see a series that was like cobra commander serpentor iron claw who is who is the villain in the deke era gi joe uh, it was cobra commander again wasn't there like some uh uh oh there was the the, the, e the eco terrorist guy yeah the eco terrorist guy uh, yeah. Like I want to see, I want to see an all oops all villains. Uh, oops, all villains. I want to see like you know, <clears throat> like a cartel show, but it's it's the it's the heads of the different families. 
a cartel show or a mafia show, a Sopranos, but for Cobra Commander and all of the other heads, maybe it even like starts with like, you know, Cobra Commander dying. Although we find oh. out later they didn't really die, but it leaves like it leaves a hole in the organization and all of these other ones are coming in and trying to get it and all these universes combine. All right. I should go pitch this, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, here's the deal. I I, I would buy it. <laughs> yeah, I would personally buy it. No, no doubt. I mean, that's a cool show. If anyone is listening to this and you steal it, I'll sue you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not putting it out there. For them. Um, <laughs> I did appreciate we cut back to Red, who's just by himself. So it wasn't Red in there. It was it was Stone and it was uh, tar- Harpoon. But Red's back there. They give him one guy to just beat his ass. <laughs> they give him one stormtrooper. <laughs> and he just kicks the shit out of him. There's really no reason he needs to have a violent moment. It's almost like Red's like contract was just like, you put me in the episode. I get to kick ass on one Iron Claw minion. <laughs> and he does he beats he beats this engineer's ass and i loved it iron claw escapes uh they end up destroying uh the pods they end up uh doing the the self-destruct of the entire base they have to raise the base to the surface get in the airplanes fly off before the it, it, with a timer and there's a sound uh effect here of everybody being when, when the when the Iron Claw minions, when the Scar minions see that the destruct signal has gone off, there is a sound pull here, Chan, of some of the weirdest, uh, non-effective uh, terror dialogue, incidental dialogue I've ever heard in my entire life. Indeed. I was going to pull this myself. Yes. No! Oh no! Oh no! Uh, ah! I believe Ugh. these two GI Joes gasped. Gasp <laughs> here! It's just there is no urgency in those line deliveries. Oh well, no! I just, I just thought it was weird that like they had so many uh, gasp takes there. Yeah. Like everybody got out like a oh, what? oh. Look, you know, it's a countdown. You've, you've seen a fucking countdown. It's and having edited sound recently, I will tell you that much dead space between them is really <laughs> what sold it for me. It's like over seven seconds. It's like three seconds with with moments in between that you can count. That's what really really hit with me. It's just it's oh chef's kiss on whoever put that together. You did it. You did it. I, I think that this it. was like a very tired editor who was just pulling old sounds from other episodes and being like, this will have to do. <laughs> The first, the first take of it was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> wooga, wooga, put the fucking gasp noises in there. Quit being a dick. But here's the thing: now this explodes, right? So we get Isla goes to the surface. All the planes get off, and I'm just like, I surely every man for themselves. You just let stop fighting. Let everybody just go their own ways. We're all trying to you escape here. There's no reason to be way. shitty about it. And then they tack no, on at the end. Own way. Thank you. They tack <laughs> on at the end. We're heading home with a bunch of scar prisoners. And I'm like, how the fuck did you wrangle them while you were all running in terror to get on your planes? To be fair, 
that's what they did. They got on the plane. She's like, you want to get on? Put on these handcuffs first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of smart on their part. But here's the thing. This is really going to affect everything. This is going to affect sushi. This is going to affect the plant life, the underwater plant life. You can't just let a high tech base explode and just leave it like that. You got to do yeah. some damage control. Yeah. This is going to affect the price of filet fish for decades to come. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do we not have an oil spill that is 10 times bigger than this explosion? Every other, <laughs> let's say three times a year. Yeah. And it's bad. We're all dying from consuming microplastics and fish with shit in them and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. It's bad. A cartoon should model better behavior. I'm just asking for one line where it's like, it exploded, but don't worry. We've immediately cleaned everything up with millions of dollars of public funds. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's clean the oceans. You know, this is, and here's the deal. There is, what is it? It it is in the Pacific Ocean right now. There is a plastic bag island the size of texas yeah 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 just floating around there now what here's how it's going to go you can mark my words look back on my nostradamus-esque prophecy (laughs) because a bioengineer from what i only can assume is umbrella corporation is going to create some sort of nanite or 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 creature of some kind that eats Oh, that's already been, that's already been, there was about five years ago, different like college students were, were tasked with finding and one one of them was a, was a microorganism. Yeah. And they're going to eventually do it. Yeah. And so they're going to drop those things on the Texas, Texas sized uh, plastic bag raft and it's, they're going to eat them. The problem is, after they finish consuming all the plastic and we're like, yay, the oceans are safe again, they're going to merge together to form monsters. Yeah, yeah. obviously. obviously that's also what's going to happen with ev- every time an invasive species is introduced someplace it shouldn't be. And the response is, okay, well, we'll release this thing to eat those things. Right. Now, my Uh, point is, when you get the monsters in the Pacific Ocean who eat all the plastic, the next thing they're going after is my goddamn filet of fish. (laughs) So filet of fish prices are going to go through the roof. Mark my words. Filet of fish prices will always stay consistent because they're for Catholics. I mean, I was raised Catholic. Does that count? Maybe yep. that's why I, I like mean, filet, filet of fish. fish was invented for you because because McDonald's wanted to corner the market that doesn't eat meat on Good Fridays. That was why they were that was why it was added to the you, menu. You know the true story. And I watched an hour long documentary on the history of the filet of fish. This is a true. I really did watch it. It was like one guy in Oklahoma who was like Catholic for the Catholics for Meatless Friday trying to book the thing. And Ray Kroc hated the idea of fish on a McDonald's menu. We do hamburgers. We don't do fish. The problem was the filet fish were selling so phenomenally well that Ray Kroc eventually, even though he tried pushing down the idea several times and in fact demanded they stop doing it, um, he, he decided he liked money. Yeah. That's what makes him a great capitalist. Yeah. Um, I like good filet fish every now and then. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't eat them all the time. No. But I'm not going to say no. Give me a McRib and two filet fish Maybe maybe I'm defeating the point, but they're two for $5 <laughs> on Fridays. Are you serious, um, Gina? You're going to talk shit about diet soda and then turn around and eat a, McF- a, a 
Phileo fucking. You can call it a McFileo I mean, My issue with diet correct. soda is that it tastes disgusting. It, it absolutely Phileo fish does Phileo fish not. Is delicious. Phileo fish is, is kind of like ninja delicious. Yeah. Uh, I, I will hope say it right you now. You get banned from every sushi joint in Los Angeles, Gina. I hope the, <laughs> that when the sushi chefs hear this, they're like, well, I guess you don't need my goddamn sashimi then, do you? Go eat your nah. breaded up shit burgers. Listen, people have listened to this enough to know that I'm not a food snob. Someone was just every every fucking month. Someone starts some tweet about, oh, Chili's is trash. Olive Garden is trash. This place is trash. TGI Fridays is trash. I eat and enjoy all those things. Like, not to be every, fair, Olive not, Garden is trash. The not others, I'm every fine meal with. has to be a fucking like, oh, chef's kiss. Like, it's so delicious. Sometimes you just want bottomless soup salad and breadsticks. God, I do a lot. The difference between bottomless soup salad and breadsticks and a filet fish <laughs> is, is more much more nah. than 50 fathoms i assure you now nah, all <laughs> that, that we keep talking nonsense. about this i'm gonna want a filet fish and it's after what after the point when i stop eating at night oh why don't you just call a fucking uh um what do you with instacart or whatever to go get you one instacart doesn't do filet fish chan I... you should know this <laughs> it's uber eats or 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 grubhub what is wrong with you I don't. You got to Postmates that shit. Grubhub won't even do it. What am I talking about? <laughs> Not that I've tried. I don't know this from firsthand experience. Stop looking at me. <laughs> when I saw that you could like order stuff from 7-Eleven, I threw in the towel on humanity. Um, you I've got a lot of towels. From I've had to throw it in a lot of times, but this one. <sighs> I've ordered stuff from 7-Eleven. You can order that stuff is... from anywhere. An That's abomination. Kind of upsetting. Even I find that upsetting, Gina. I mean, to In, be fair, I was sick and it was NyQuil and crackers and ginger ale. Still mm, upsetting. Because you could Instacart that. In the valley, in the San Fernando Valley, Great there is a 7-Eleven within a half mile of you, wherever you are. I don't care. I'm contributing to society and paying people. If I have the money, I can get my crackers and ginger ale and NyQuil whenever I want them. Yeah, Chan, why do you hate entrepreneurs? Is yeah. that is that what they are? Why, why do you hate the gig economy workers who who need to pay rent? I always tip I would well. Like the gig uh, economy workers to have benefits for starters. I, I would mean, like them to look, be paid. I always wage. I always tip well, and I I live alone, and I have disposable income to order 7-Eleven whenever I want to. Oh, Jesus. You're going to get so many stalkers because of this. <laughs> More She's than she already gets. delivery money? Oh, God damn. I got to get in on that. Cut to seven knowing it's half the podcast listeners suddenly getting Postmates job in the valley. <laughs> nah, man. I know contact that shit every time. I'm not letting anyone near me. <laughs> Anyway, that's our show. Wait, okay. So <laughs> Wait, now oh, it's yes, time Gina, for what is this big rewrite oh, we're doing? The, here it is. Yeah. Okay, so know this. first of all, the the underwater monsters the uh, uh remind me of Killer Croc from Batman. Yes. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get it. Uh but second of all, you know, you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna title a show something like Fear at Fifty Thousand Fathoms. And then you're gonna have, you know, like like basically, 
and this is very on brand for me, but like you remember the Cthulhu monster in the well episode of OG G.I. Joe? Indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is the perfect opportunity to say, fuck it. We've got four episodes left. Let's blow this G.I. Joe universe wide open and introduce the supernatural and not have it be part of Scar. Just have it legitimately be like a fucking Cronenberg universe that spills over into GI Joe. Mm -hmm. And now it's like these, these Joes unknowingly unleashed terror onto the world. Like this is maybe these creatures in the deep. This is their first, you know, first brush with humanity and it causes them to come to the surface and it causes other demons of the deep to come to the surface. And now it's no longer about, Iron Claw versus G.I. Joe. It's not about Scar versus G.I. Joe. You're you're like there's just a scene maybe where not Duke is like, all right, like we're we're in trouble here. There's these creatures. And then boom, he is ripped in half by a creature who came up behind him while he was giving his like rallying speech. And now it's just fucking chaos. And you've got the red baroness and she's like like trying to rally everyone and she's running but mayday is right next to her and they sort of share a look where it's like we were enemies but now there's demons from the deep coming up i mean like you got three more episodes let's just make it supernatural creatures in the gi joe world totally change the genre of this whole show don't make it this sort of faux 90s military show anymore make it like the next episode opens with just bleak humanity on fire 40 percent of all humans are dead different weird demons from other dimensions are now like wandering the streets and just a ragtag group of joes and iron claws folks are are rallying maybe you even throw cobra commander in there like you he's he's there he's been in hiding and this is the thing that sort of led him to the surface you got tomax and zaymot there they're you know uh, they're holed up in the penthouse of of what's its enterprises extensive enterprises. extensive enterprises they're like fortifying everything and they're like but they're seeing winged creatures just bloodily slap against the windows of their penthouse view you know you've got you've got a uh silver mask my brain's not working right now <laughs> but he's like he's back at his like estate and he's like communing with the demons to try and strike a bargain to get him protections like that one guy in sandman does like and it's just all out bloody supernatural war for the last three episodes. So I was very upset to see that they introduced like what was promising to be a scary episode. And then they were like, ooh, monsters in the deep. But then it just went about business as usual. Like, give me actual monsters in the deep. Make that the twist. Like someone's like aliens. And then it's like, no, motherfucker, sea demons. I mean, uh, two things. One, this is very clearly an episode intended to be a one-off that they could just drop anywhere in the season. And like, they, you know, like we do every once in a while, we'll like record an episode so that when things go wrong, like, okay, cool. We have this one done in the can. We'll just drop that on this week so that we can uh, finish up the thing for next week. Uh, uh, what shows do that, Chan? That's outrageous. Also, you could still do that. Have it be Cronenberg for 20 minutes and then in the last two minutes have them say, all right, that's taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> and the second thing is, 
They did it. They goddamn did it because those are goddamn aliens. No. No question. I am going to call up the uh, writer of this episode and confirm it. it. No, unless they come back and they and this is like a a string that like it gets tied up when in the last episode they take over humanity. I don't buy it. This is a string hanging out of someone's vagina. And you're like, dang, dude, that is that is is that a tampon string? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's bloody and it's unfortunate but that's life that's what i, real I want life it is. tied up otherwise this show is going to get toxic to shock syndrome oh goodness this thing this episode was released on my birthday in 1997 oh. david oh. anthony Kraft is the writer of this episode he is that also with a k or a c with a k Kraft macaroni and cheese he was an associate story editor for street fighter the animated series Oh, he wrote four episodes of G.I. Joe Extreme. Oh, uh, he got a thanks in She-Hulk like the new uh, She-Hulk. I got bad news, Chan. Oh, he he passed away last year. No, no. Yeah, uh, he was a rock and roll journalist in the 70s, and he was story editor and scripter for the short-lived animated series G.I. Joe Extreme, but also did a lot of writing for uh, DC and Marvel, including Savage She-Hulk from 1980 to 1982. Oh, that's why he got the thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. He uh, worked on Captain America and scripted the first story, drawn by John Byrne, still a big deal, for Marvel Comics' Dark Asylum, published in 1975. Did he say anything about this episode of G.I. Joe Extreme? I'm looking in his thing here. He says, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> G.I. Joe Extreme, uh, he he re- regards as an influence as he was finally able to bring aliens into <laughs> no. the world of G.I. Joe. Uh, uh, taking not taking into account the fact that aliens were already confirmed <laughs> in the second season of Sunbow uh, as being in the G.I. Joe uh, series. But that's what he says here on this Wikipedia page. Because I just put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Reference this crack pipe. <laughs> uh, yeah, he wrote a lot of Marvel comics. He wrote some What If, some Spider-Mans. Oh, she wrote Defender. Of, yeah, wrote a lot of Defenders in the late 70s. Uh, yeah, this guy was legit. I love the fact that Sunbow hired legit comic book writers to work on this because the qu- here's the deal. The quality of the writing is so much better than the series that came before. I don't think any of us are not in disagree are in disagreement about this. Uh, I it just Sunbow original GI Joe is some of the best shit they could have done. It was just goddamn wonderful. And then Deke happened, and it was like they just diarrhea all over my face. Um, and 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 then and then made me thank them for it. And now we have GI Joe Extreme where they brought back all the comic book writers and the goddamn writing quality went up. It went up so far and I'm so angry. It's still sitting two points below Deke era GI Joe on the Starro meter on IMDb. And you can go fix that. I know you haven't been because it's a low number and I have seen it not really changing. Go to IMDb, sign up for your free account and give it 10 points. We need to raise this number. I thought the people of Knowing of Half is Half the Podcast cared. 
I think I some of them. I think some of them have been doing their due diligence. You think so? I think one or two. I I don't think I I don't think they've been doing it. I've been begging them for months to go and do it, and I still see it sitting here at five point three. It has gained four reviews. It's now at one fifty nine. Legitimately, if fifty of you go on there and give this show its proper credit. We can hike it up. We can hike it up if you give it 10 out of 10, people. And I know y'all listen. Go on here. It's free. It will take you 30 seconds to go do. You need to do it. This show deserves your respect. And it makes me sad you have not done it. I mean, I haven't done it Soapbox away. That's a, and how did Ray Seahorn not win for Better Call Saul? I am so angered by the I'm world right now. Reading an interview with uh, David Anthony Kraft right now, where he's talking actually quite in depth about his time at GI Joe Extreme. Oh, uh, uh, actually mentions that he wrote this episode, Fear at Fifty Fathoms, in a gazebo. I love it. Um, yes, in Georgia. Uh. I still don't see anything, but I'm pretty sure it's in here. He's got to say that it was aliens. <laughs> Chan, you keep reading so I don't have to. <laughs> Please. Uh, all right. I'm done with my soapboxes. I'm done with this episode. Any last things we want to say? And Gina, for the record, I love your I love your retelling. I think how hard is it to get the rights to G.I. Joe Extreme at this point? Maybe it's just tied into regular G.I. Joe. But maybe it's not. And maybe this is the thing you should be pitching is your wild season three sea creature, G.I. Joe Extreme. That's what Hollywood needs right now. <laughs> yeah, call me Hollywood. And and That's you'll have to hire me on to this writing team because I'll be the only one who remembers what everyone's names are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my understanding that's why writers get hired in Hollywood because they can. I got an in, mother efforts. <laughs> I know all their names. <laughs> <laughs> Freight, Black Dragon. I know uh, him all. Oh, shit, what's the guy's name with the harpoon? Ugh, it'll come <laughs> to me. I feel like uh, yeah. I feel like he even says like this is why they call me. Oh, but what? What was it? Uh, I you know who who can tell that one always mystifies me. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this has been GI Joe Extreme Fear at Fifty Fathoms, a very solid episode of the show, self-contained. Uh, there's only, what, two more to go at this point? There are very few episodes left to go. I believe it's only two more episodes after this one. And yes, two more. We have Metalhead Goes AWOL and Betrayal are the Ooh. last two episodes of G.I. Joe Extreme, and we're done. That will close out season six. I want tie-ins and tie-ups. Yeah, I'd like it to end on a note that allows us to walk away. That's all. I mean, season I one could have ended and it would have been like, all right, but I'm glad it didn't because season two has given us some solid stories and some good episodes of the show. I'm very happy about it. I'm also, I'll be very happy when we, we, we either uh, back end season six or front end season seven of knowing is half the podcast with these three straight to DVD discs, <laughs> Valor versus Venom, Ninja Battles, and uh, a third one that I also own that I'm blanking on the name of right now. I'm so excited, you guys. I haven't watched, for the record, I have not watched any of them yet. I'm saving them like fine wine for when it is appropriate for us to watch them and pass them around. 
<sighs> Could not be more excited. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast. You can find us online, facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast or Patreon. $5 a month gets you access to our super secret vault, almost 500 episodes, which is a lot of episodes. A lot of Know Your Joes in there, which is if you're a big G.I. Joe fan, that's that's the real hook. You want to go in there and listen to us read the file cards and play a, a bunch of games about the different episodes. We did it for every episode of original mainline Sunbow G.I. Joe, the movies. Every one of those episodes has a companion Know Your Joe episode that is in our main feed right now. You can find that at patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Listen to Reclaim Detroit, a vampire of the masquerade audio drama, vampiredetroit.com, or just search Reclaimed Detroit wherever you podcast. You'll find it. You'll find it. I promise. Listen to it. I want more listeners. It's a wonderful audio drama that I wrote, that I am in, that I produced, and it's got original music, and it's just a great show. Robert Clark Chan is in it, so you know I needed actors. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter. The show is at G.I. Joe Podcast, but individually, I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And we've got to get Wiki Feats Gina Ippolito in bed soon, because if she doesn't get into bed in the next half hour, she'll be at risk. That's true. What? Good night, everybody. Situation critical. Roll call! special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.